take my advice, brother. You should be out there helping people, like them other fellas downtown. Reaper used to say the same thing. Yeah, well, she was right. You knocked down a few doors in the projects, and now you Harlem's hero. <laughs> I'm just getting started. Harlem. Perpetual symbol of hope and prosperity. Too much happens in the shadows. People fear what they can't see. This place is our reputation, our legacy, our blood. I just want to be left the hell alone. Well, that would be a waste. Wow. Hungry arms. Wow, the hungry arms. Give us the money. I don't like your tone. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, or good morning, or whenever it is that you're listening to us. This is episode 20 of Discussing Who. We are recording this tonight. It's actually 7.19 p.m. Central Standard Time, October the 1st, and it is the day after the premiere of Luke Cage on Netflix. So that is our topic tonight. Now, unfortunately, Lee could not be with us tonight, but as always, we've got our other co-host, Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence, how are you? Hey, Cal, I'm doing pretty good, and I'm glad to be back for another episode. Absolutely. You know, we have finally made it uh, out of the teens. We are 20 <laughs> now, episode 20. Yeah, we almost can drink. Uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you took it. Uh, you took the joke before I could say it. So good for you. Uh, we are almost legal. Uh, Twenty. So uh, I'm hoping soon we'll be at forty and sixty and eighty and then celebrating one hundred. So there we go. Yeah. Now, if you're wondering where Lee is, he may be somewhere run, wandering through the streets of Harlem. Uh, you know, trying to find a certain superhero. Quite possibly. I hope he doesn't get. <laughs> caged in so to speak <laughs> it's pretty gritty on them there streets absolutely you know maybe have isn't it if you drink too much what is it that they say that you get if you're drinking too much you get a what is it cotton mouth is that what they call it <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i think so i think so too i'm not sure but i but i think I've, so I've, I've heard that before so. I, I have too i have too <laughs> so enough of uh you know, we miss Lee always whenever he's not here, but he's going to be back with us very soon, hopefully. And tonight, uh, we're going to focus specifically on the history of Luke Cage from the comics, as well as just a review of episode one. Now, before we go further, just let me, you know, sound the alarm and say, spoiler alert, we will not be, re you know, revealing anything past ep episode one. But if you've not watched the first episode, and if you can get on Netflix, because rumor has it that Netflix has been up and down all day today. If you can get on Netflix, if you're watching us, you know, if we get this out later this afternoon or this evening, or actually afternoon's gone. So if we get it out later this evening, and you're still watching it, if you can get it on Netflix, go watch it and then come back and listen to us. So spoilers for episode one. So fair warning. 
Yeah, so. just uh, really weird about that whole uh, Netflix going down. I've been seeing stories posted uh, on, in various places on the Internet, uh, which is funny because I haven't had any issues whatsoever. Neither so. have I. Neither have I. And I had it either on pause or I had it on, um, you know, actually watching Luke Cage at, while I was reading that it was down. But no, that never happened to me either. Yeah, so hopefully he'll, it'll get back up soon for those people who are experiencing issues. And, uh, yeah, they can enjoy the, the. I don't know, I guess we'll see if it's good or bad. At the, at All right, the end of absolutely. Story. Well, before we get into the actual Luke Cage episode and the history of Luke Cage, I have one episode or one point of news that I would like to mention that's not Marvel-related, that's not DC-related, it's Doctor Who-related, and that being... BBC America evidently is waiting until April 2017, uh, from what I hear, to play class. That class will not be airing at the same time it is airing in the UK. What do you think about that? Well, um, th- that's kind of unfortunate, and I think it's to their own detriment because uh, if you may well know, I don't know if you do or not personally, but uh, if People will get what they want to get any way they can get it. And I'll just leave it at that. So the Internet is a wild and crazy place and things can be had in various uh, aspects and corners of the Internet. So I think it's only to their own detriment to say that they're not going to release it uh, uh, day and day with the uh, British release, which is really weird. Agreed. I can understand even if it was considering the fact that it is not Doctor Who proper, I could say to an understanding of even a week delay, even though yeah. I wouldn't want that, but a week delay. However, any spoilers or anything that they have planned for class is going to be spoiled for anybody that's a true Doctor Who fan well in advance. So that either speaks poorly of class for that there are not any, you know, major cameos of someone or anyone other than the doctor actually being in there. And that's one of the reasons that they're holding it. Uh, You know, there could be other licensing things that might be the reason behind that. But as far as ratings from viewers, I think, like you said, that will suffer simply because you're either going to have read about it or watched it from another means and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll you know like you did let people fill in the blanks on that well let me just ask you real quick on the is 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 there a bbc over the top tv service right now or it seems like i've heard rumors of that but i don't know if it ever came to fruition are you talking about like for instance over the internet uh, yes there now one of their channels which actually is the channel that this is going to be on, I believe, BBC Three is now internet only. However, the way the BBC is set up, especially for their iPlayer, unless you have a IP address in you, the UK, you can't watch. You know, you even if you had to, you know, pay to stream the service. But unfortunately. You know, we can't see that here in the normal way that someone would watch TV. <laughs> you know, if you under, I mean, not watch TV, but watch on the Internet. Of course, I'm sure, as you well know, there are other means of doing that, but we won't talk about those. But as far as the BBC proper watching content on the BBC iPlayer, no, if, unless you are 
uh, you know, in the UK yeah. or yeah. have a, a way like, yeah, I, you I know. Just, yeah, I, I just thought they had like a Netflix type service is kind of what I was getting at. Uh, yeah, there, there's, there have been hints that they are planning that. But, you know, I think what we're going to see, even if there was a BBC worldwide that they release things that they have agreements with, for instance, BBC America, I still think that they would hold that from the international version simply because, you know, what's the purpose of having a BBC America deal or rights to it if they're going to put it out months in advance on their streaming? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that makes sense, too. But I I just I mean, the reason I even brought it up, because I thought it may be something a a play they're making to drive people to their paid uh, service. Yeah, I wish. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, that's unfortunately not the case. And, and that brings up an interesting question. And I'm asking this to you, but I'm also asking it in an informative way for people that are listening that may not know. So my question being is, do you know the reason why American TV has commercials as opposed to Doctor Who when it's aired on BBC One, does not have commercials. Uh, they air, they pay a tax on their television. Absolutely, uh, that everyone has to pay. That's that's kind of the legalese uh, issues with the with actually Americans watching it in general. <laughs> Bingo. Because uh, why should we be able to watch it for free if yeah. if you live in the UK and you have to pay for it? Yeah, you know, yeah, it makes sense. And, and on the flip side, we basically do that with the HBO. And Showtime and Cinemax and all of those, you know, when you bring when you boil that all down to it, we pay for that. Therefore, we don't have commercials, which is weird because we pay for cable as well, but we still have commercials, (laughs) which is a whole different uh, can of worms and all that. Having said, let's get into Luke Cage, unless you have anything else for the news. Let's do it. All right. Good thing about Luke Cage. And I don't think this is a spoiler, and I hope it uh, it, it stays true. Captain Marvel does not appear. <laughs> don't ruin it for me if she did. Well, you know, she made this. She flew through, you know. No, yeah. I, of course not. <laughs> Abs- that, yeah. Well, if you got to pick out one good good uh, point about it, yeah, that that might be. A yeah, that would be you. a very that would be a very good one. So, at this point, let's get into. Let's not talk about Luke Cage. The, Netflix TV show. Let's get into Luke Cage, the character. So I sent you, Clarence, the other day, a link to Wikipedia that gave some information on the character. So based on what you've read, give me your take on who is Luke Cage. Uh Uh-oh, I don't know if I got the link. Uh, I missed it. (laughs) The truth Uh, is known. Well, let me just. All right. Well, let me let, let, let me ask you it like this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me ask no, you ahead. like this: How then? Uh, do, who is Luke Cage as a character from from what you've seen and know so far? Uh, okay. Well, let me just say from from before Jessica Jones, I probably didn't even hear the name Luke Cage uttered, which which is weird because he's kind of like this black superhero (laughs) in a lot of ways and and for me not to know anything about him i found that just be weird maybe i heard something about him through the years i'm just like oh he's not the top tier you know forget about him i'm not worried about him or whatever 
Uh, so prior to Jessica Jones, I knew very little about Luke Cage. And um, also um, just from what I've heard, you know, and, and I won't go too too far into what I've seen right now, but he just seems like a guy that has been given a lot of bad luck. <laughs> you know, hockey said it's about a superhero. You know, he's he's got superpowers, but it seems like he's had a lot of bad breaks from what I can tell. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing you're going to give me the full rundown of who he actually is and, and what where does his origins come from? Uh, well, you know, listening to what you said and, you know, it's interesting. I'm going back to our last episode when we were talking about uh, Civil War uh, Two, number five, and you made the comment about Luke Cage and whether or not his appearance in number five was solely for the purpose of being that the you know TV show is about to come out on Netflix, and was that the reason you know that he was in there? And I, I remember commenting saying, "No, you know, he's been around you know since the '70s, but you know, in the last ten years, he's." had a more prominent role. I take from remembering Luke Cage and remembering the stories of whenever I was a kid reading, he was not a prominent character, but I do remember seeing a book called Power Man and Iron Fist. You ever heard of that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, only from the show. Oh, really? Okay. All right, <laughs> and well, the trailer for the next uh, <laughs> uh, Netflix uh, Marvel series is coming out. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, there was an actual team-up book for uh, many, many years, actually. I think it ran from the late 70s to around 85, 86, and it teamed up Luke Cage and Danny Rand, who is Iron Fist. And both of them came from the 70s, and both of them came from two type of genres that were described or descriptive of the 70s when everyone was into kung fu. And around the same time that the movie Shaft was created, Marvel cashed in and said, okay, well, let's create Luke Cage. And uh, they they created the character we now know as Luke Cage. So is, that, that that was on top of sort of this uh, black exploitation type of thing. It exactly. Through that. It, okay. it, you know, and and you go back and you read his origin, and I, I read it in, in prep for this, and even the dialogue, even though the dialogue for any comic book back then was very dated, the dialogue was extremely dated. Uh, <laughs> you know, just... Uh, the whole sweet Christmas thing, the whole, you know, all of that was just in the couple of pages that I saw in the article that I was reading was very, very dated is the best way I, you know, I know how to, you know, put it or to say it. Well, I mean, that's funny because even me, like if I go back and see an, an even, I mean, like we said, a black exploitation movie from that era. Uh, I don't know. Jim, was Jim Brown more the 80s or the 70s? I've seen I, some movies. I think was it late eighties? I mean, late seventies. It, it may have been late seventies for him, but uh, just just going back and seeing some of those movies that I catch from time to time, you hear a lot of the lingo they use. <laughs> yeah, it was very very reminiscent of an era that you you just don't hear today by any means. I guess as a whole, America, especially with the internet, has been kind of uh, it, aside from the different 
uh, tones you hear from the South versus the North or the or West Coast, you know, as far as the words we we use, they're mostly the same unless you get like into some real, real inner city type situations. Most of everybody's else language is, is mostly the same. I agree. I agree. Now, I have noticed that, like you just said, you know, when you get, um, you know, like a, a really constricted group of people you know there there are certain words that people use that that are completely southern and completely but but for the most part and it it goes back to what you just said about our exposure you know a lot of i think what we see in the news we're so much knowledge more knowledgeable about things that are going on is because we have a 24 7 news cycle you know, think of it back in even the 1950s. You watched the news, or even up to the 80s, you know, almost for that matter, until CNN came about. You watched the news on three channels at 5:30. If you had PBS, you watched. You know, you had four choices. But that was pretty much for for world news, unless there was a breaking something that broke in. That was it. You know, and and I, I think you're right. Having that constant connection. It makes when you see things that that are like that that m- makes things like that seem so much more dated. I, I agree yeah, with that. That's for sure. So, so with the character um, of Luke Cage, also about the same time, I think it's worth mentioning that we had Iron Fist that came out, which was, like I said, equally created around the kung fu era, you know, the uh, martial arts era, and. With him, both of those books, I think they had their own books, or they they were stars of like Marvel Showcase or some some other title. So they didn't cancel both of their books; they just combined them together, and it became Luke uh, Cage and our Power Man and Iron Fist. And for like I said, until about the mid '80s, they they were a team up book. So you had this uh, character that was. Basically, not rich, rich. One that was hot-headed, <laughs> one that was not hot-headed. So you had this dynamic of two that you would probably not in the late 70s pairing, see paired together, rich white guy, <laughs> ex-con, black guy. Uh, and you put them in a book together. So for that matter... Very I, you stereotypical know, of the era. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and it was created, actually around the toward like i said the end of the 70s when you had the starsky and hutch and all the buddy cop movies and uh-huh. the, you know stuff like that so they took those two in my opinion very stereotypical characters and then put them into that buddy mold and then that lasted until probably about the buddy uh era ran out in the mid 80s wow <laughs> So back to his origin. His origin uh, was his name was Carl Lucas, and he was involved in an experiment, and he was uh, in jail. And in order to get out of jail, let us experiment on you, and we'll let you out of jail. That was pretty much it in a nutshell. And his character was framed for a crime or that he didn't commit, so he gets sent to jail. And when he gets out, his gimmick is, and and that gimmick, until he joined the Avengers for many ways, was, yes, I'll protect you, but I'm a hero for hire. 
and even yes, even yes. with joining with um you know iron fist which made no sense to me you're a he- you guys are heroes for hire and uh danny rand's a millionaire that made no sense to me <laughs> Yeah, which is is uh, well, I guess we'll get into it in, in with the episode. But he, he again, I mentioned his luck. He's 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 not he doesn't have much money by any means at the beginning of this series. So, um, yeah, that that whole heroes for hire thing seems very interesting, and uh, I'd like to see if that actually plays out in the series as well. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. Um, another thing, so so let's let's jump up a little bit into his history. So he did not have a book uh, until uh, another one again until the uh, 90s, around 92. They came out with something just called Cage, and it put him in Chicago. He was there for several years. That book didn't fare so well, and he did not appear mainstream again until a book called Alias that was written by Michael Bendis and uh, our, the artwork was by, I believe his name was Alex Mahiv. I probably am <laughs> not uh, pronouncing that correct. But um, it was a part of the Marvel Max, M-A-X, um, imprint. And basically, to kind of give you an idea of what Marvel Max was, is 18+. plus. It was the adult-only um. version of Marvel. And it lasted for probably three to five years and uh during that time he appeared as a love interest for this um ex uh what what was she she was an ex you may have heard of her she was an ex superhero that was down on her luck she's an alcoholic (laughs) and she had this guy that was controlling her that was the blue man the Green Man, the uh, Purple Man. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I think you know who I'm talking about there. Oh yeah, of course, Je- David Tennant. Yep, and uh, Jessica Jones. And then what was what was his name in the actual Kilgrave? Yeah, Kilgrave. Yes, Jebediah Kilgrave. So it's funny that you mentioned Chicago. Uh, that actually opens up an Easter egg for me of something he mentions in a later episode um, when asked the question. Uh, so yeah, that that's a good thing to know. It's pretty cool that you kind of uh, retroactively, <laughs> retroactively, and totally innocently, without knowing, mentioned. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right, so here, so let's let's bring him on up. We've, uh, you know, I want to go ahead and take him all the way through to the present. Um, so after Alias ended, the the comic ended. You actually had Luke Cage appear in the first issue of what was called New Avengers, written also by the same man who had wrote the book Alias. And when he appeared in Avengers, that was the tra- him in the traditional outfit that you're seeing him in now, which is the blue jeans and usually some type of yellow, either a, you know, uh, usually a yellow t-shirt like or just a yellow skin tight shirt like what we saw him wearing in the um you know in the TV show. Has he always been, always been bald headed? No, uh he had, you know, he had hair in uh the 70s. Actually in the 70s he had big yellow boots, blue pants. His belt was a chain 
I'm not joking. Was and it a skin tight skin tight shirt as well? No, nope, uh, it was it was a um, more of a loose shirt that was you know buttoned you know totally unbuttoned, uh, and I think it had a high collar to it. Totally, you know, think think seventies gaudy superhero, and there you go. Huh. I wonder will we see that in a new series. I hope not. <laughs> it was. I mean. I, I mean. It was. It. it 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 would not uh, translate well to TV. Ah, okay. Trust me. Go go look it up. It would not translate well to TV. All right. So after <laughs> he joined the, uh, well, I should say joined the X Men. After he joined the Avengers, pretty much from that point forward, he was a mainstay of um, you know of the Avengers up until the point to where. We had the Secret Wars, where he's not been seen as much in this iteration of the Marvel Universe since they rebooted it last year, to some degree, with Secret Wars. But until, the, you know, all through that time, he was either a member of the Avengers or actually, um, all, not not he owned Avengers Mansion at one point. He and Jessica did. So hmm. he and Jessica are married, and they have a kid. So he's a father of a child and still married happily to Jessica now. So do you want to take that right into the let's, Jessica Jones series? Let's take it right into Jessica Jones. And you had some questions and some thoughts about Jessica Jones because that's the first television non-cartoon appearance of Luke. So take it away. Yeah, so, I mean, we see... Um, we see Cage in the Jessica Jones series, and surprisingly, he plays a, a a big role in that series. I really didn't expect to see him that much, but uh, we do find that again, he, like you just mentioned, he becomes her love interest, and they kind of team up to take on Kilgrave. And at one point, Cage is in the hospital uh, from having suffered a gunshot to the head. Spoilers for Jessica Jones. Sorry. <laughs> And and yeah, he's kind of right alongside with her taking on uh, Kilgrave. And Kilgrave's thing is he can mind control. Am I right on that? Right. And and uh, th- at some point, doesn't he actually take on Cage versus Jessica? If I remember correctly, I think so. But now he he he's controlling. Was it? And I and again, I no spoilers here. But 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 we're going to assume that you've watched. Uh, Jessica Jones by now if we're uh, actually watching you know Luke Cage so having said that I think he had controlled Luke because he couldn't control her but I'm not but but I'm not yes, certain yes. about that I, yeah, anyway uh, it, he just fit in well with that story and it was kind of cool to see him come in and it even went into his background just a bit with his wife being killed in that series and thus in the first episode we only briefly see his wife i think for a second he's having a flashback or something and they show her for a brief moment i think wasn't it with that same picture that was in jessica's um medicine cabinet that it was in his medicine cabinet at home that same yeah, picture yeah and i think it's the same apartment isn't it yeah it looked very yeah. much the same yeah i think it was the same yeah yeah so that was kind of cool to see see that happen and and yeah by the end of that series uh cage had a bar and the bar gets destroyed so 
Yeah, he's kind of in the outs by the end of, of Jessica Jones uh, series. And, and yeah, and, and that leads us into the beginning of this one. Any other thoughts on the Jessica Jones before we? No, to- I, I, you know, I and I think this is a thought on the entire Marvel Netflix setup. I think they were very wise in the characters that they chose to do on Netflix. And what I mean by that is Doctor Strange wouldn't be Doctor Strange without some type of trippy, colored, uh, mind-warping type of something. And, you know, showing him doing some type of magic energy, which costs money to do. Yes, yes. You know, with Jessica Jones, with Daredevil, with Luke Cage, those are things that you can do with them that don't require a lot of special effects. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. In the, in the grand scheme of things, these characters are very grounded in what they do, and they're easily translatable to television versus the high-budget movie things. You know, even from the Doctor Strange uh, trailer, I was thinking of Inception, Inception for what they were showing. So, you know, uh, they you you're right. They picked the excellent group of characters to actually portray in in a medium that's not really. Uh, that wouldn't have the same budget as a television show. And, and I think they done, they do it well. Right. And I agree. And, you know, before we actually get into Luke Cage, I want to mention a team that you will probably hear about either in some of the, um, you know, coming soons from Netflix, if you've not already, and I'm speaking to you and anyone listening is something called the defenders. So, Clarence, what do you know about or have you ever heard of The Defenders? Again, a trailer is going to give it away for me. Uh, At the Comic-Con for this past year, we saw the Iron Fist uh, preview and we also saw a a short preview of The Defenders, which they kind of just showed uh, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones and what what was the other character? Yeah, Daredevil. So, uh, yeah, I don't know much about them. I just know at some point they team up for something. (laughs) All right. So I'm not going to, you know, I'll save this for an episode in a later point in our time stream. But I will say this very briefly. And that is with the Defenders, they were Marvel's non-team. And what I mean by that is they did not have, for the original Defenders, they did not have your typical... Um, your typical setup of, you know, we're, we're on a team, we're going to live in a big mansion or a big headquarters. It was, we come together, we, we defeat whatever this is, and we go our separate ways. And if we need to come together again, okay, so be it, we will. And the original defenders were um, Namor, the Submariner, the Incredible Hulk, Doctor Strange, and the Silver Surfer. Wow, this is a very different one. <laughs> completely different. Absolutely completely different. Now, did they eventually become the team we're going to know as now, or were they all always those same characters you just mentioned? Well, there there was a new Defenders at one point that had some of the X-Men in it and some other characters, but this particular group of characters have never been called the Defenders, to my knowledge, in, in the comics. 
Okay. Now, will that probably happen in 2017 or 18? <laughs> I'm quite sure it will. But as what, of right all now. Of, all of a sudden, a new comic with these characters in it? Yeah, can they? you believe it? <laughs> that never happens. Nah, oh. <laughs> All right, so let's well, go ahead. No, no, go well, ahead. I just want to make a general comment about Marvel on Netflix. We know we mentioned the budgets are suited for television or our Netflix budget versus a movie. But, man, it just it's weird watching Luke Cage, even on Netflix. And I'm going to tell you why. It's, it's because it seems like with every show that comes out, I mean, again, Daredevil, then Jessica Jones and now Luke Cage. It gets grittier and grittier and grittier. You you know, after watching Daredevil, you would think that, okay, you know, they're getting a little darker in tone. You know, they curse, but not much, but they do curse. And then after seeing Jessica Jones, man, you know, (laughs) she just drops uh, swear bombs all over the place so you know again, right, well, let me well, let me ask you this real real quick why is it that you think that they're you know why are they doing that why is it you think they're doing that and for what purpose i, I really can't tell you the i think they're trying to make a uh the the comic books or the comic book shows uh, uh more suitable to adults and it seems like in a lot of ways they're leaving what's on the television more suited for the mass audience. And I think in a way it's just because that's the type of crowd that is is on Netflix, more the the uh, 20s and 30s and maybe in 40s, you know, that uh, like grittier Game of Thrones type television, you know, they're trying to take it to the next level stuff that you would never see on television, which uh, again goes back to these characters aren't the the Mayberry and the Griffith characters of the Marvel Universe, so it it does fit in still with the with with the characters that we're seeing. And you know uh, what's really sad is when you said what you just said, my thought was, <laughs> I pictured Captain America when you said Mayberry. <laughs> 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 and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but when you said, uh, Captain, I mean, when you said, you know, these aren't your Mayberry characters with Jessica or Daredevil or whomever, and I was thinking, okay, who would be Marvel's version of Mayberry? And I was thinking, okay, yep. Captain America is the closest thing they've got. Most certainly. I mean, I mean, even... It, you could you could easily clean up these shows though. You you take out some of the swears. You clean up some of the sex scenes that you see happen. And uh, uh, bada bing, bada bang, they're more of a presentable PG thirteen show versus what we're seeing now. And uh, and on that same vein, is that not any much that different from something that you were to see at? Well, we're in central time zone, so at 9 p.m., the latest hour of before, you know, prime time is over with, not necessarily, you know, that it's any worse, but I agree. Yeah. You know, some of the language, yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're dropping the N-word left and right in this show, which, which um, Luke Cage makes a point against that uh, that I thought is is very valid and very poignant for the, for the show. But like you said, after nine o'clock on 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 TV in general, on cable TV in general, anything goes. You know, 
There's I, a show. There's a show called Mike Tyson Mysteries where Mike Tyson goes around saving car- crimes, uh, uh, helping people. It's a cartoon, and he cuss constantly through that show. <laughs> so I mean, you know, the whole um, tsunami, not tsunami, but the uh, what's the Adult Swim? Uh, adult Swim. I mean, it it, it it's. It's just not the weight of it being as greedy as gritty as it is is not the same as it would have been twenty years ago, you know. No, and that's just like if you go back to, um, you know, all right, here's a good example in the classic comedy "I Love Lucy." She was not allowed to say "I am pregnant" on what? television. No, what? no. Look that. Look that up. Uh, Lucille Ball was not allowed to say "I am pregnant" on television. That's why they said "Little Ricky is coming" or "I'm expecting." You were That's not funny. allowed to say, you know. And for that matter, uh, any time that they went into their bedroom, remember they had double beds. <laughs> it was not until I think I, I don't know who I don't know if Bewitched was the first. Uh, comedy or who but um the you know the husband and wife was not allowed to be seen in bed together wow times are changing yeah so (laughs) when when you compare that to you know some of like i said and i'm not talking netflix i'm talking and i'm not talking hbo i'm talking your run-of-the-mill um you know television that's on right now on any network television show yeah certainly so there you go um all right so back to back to luke luke cage you were giving some uh commentary and i've got a question about what you mentioned you were talking about you know some of the um you know using the cussing using uh the way they did in your opinion did it enrich or take away or did not impact one way or the other the overall storyline as opposed to, you know, and again, we're just focusing on issue or episode number one. So in that episode, did that enrich, take away, or not impact one way or the other, the overall story? You know, again, the cussing and, and the use of N-word, to me, they, they're just trying to ground it in a certain type of realism, which we have this thing as a black man. We have this thing now where, um, you know... Uh, I mean, I don't want anybody using the N-word with me, whether I know you or not, or whether we're cool or whether we're both black. But there's this thing among black people where they can say it to each other or they think it's okay to say it to each other and not to other people, you know, or have other people call them that N-word or whatever. Right. So, I mean, I think as far as the scope of the show, they're, they're just trying to be very real and raw in what they're doing, uh, just as they kind of did in Jessica Jones by being very real and kind of true to that uh, gritty inner city uh, type of atmosphere. Uh, by the same token, I was still very, very shocked to see a Marvel property. You know, uh, this is the same company that gives us Let It Go, you know, what's the name, whatever the name of the movie is. So um, it, it's, it's weird, but, you know, I think for what they're going for, they do accomplish it uh, because yeah, it's, it's a very raw atmosphere that they're trying to portray through the course of this show. You know, and and I, I'll comment and add to this. I agree with everything you just said. And 
if that were agent of shields or agents of shield, that would never have happened because the, you know that on ABC you have sponsors who are adver- advertisers who are buying ad space who are et cetera and so forth. And that that is for anything, whether it's the violence on Netflix uh, with Daredevil having the Punisher on there. I mean, you would never have the Punisher be a continuing character the way he was on Daredevil if that were on network television. Certainly, certainly. But it, it goes back to what you said. The, those who are watching are watching because they have made a conscious decision to either a allow my child to watch it because he or she is old enough to watch it hopefully or you are an adult who is saying okay i want to watch this because either i'm a fan of the marvel cinematic or this seems interesting or i'm a comic book fan yes and and they, and they definitely um give the correct rating for the show at the beginning. So, I mean, you have to get over all those barriers to actually get in the show and start watching it. You know, it's, it's kind of hard again, because it is a comic property, but by the same token, um, you know, I think we've gotten all the, the, uh, cheesy, I was say cheesy, but normal versions of characters of comic of superheroes. We were looking for, people to actually kind of ground it in realism and take it to the next edge. Uh, And that's kind of what they're doing here. You know, and it's kind of how I think, uh, you know, I'm actually going to believe it or not. You just made me want to actually give a compliment to Superman. And I'm seeing, and I'm saying this slow for very reason a specific reason and go back to listen to some of our and if you're wondering why if you're listening to us and this is the very first episode you've listened to go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes specifically episode i believe number five which was review of dawn of justice (laughs) i am saying very slowly and specifically and with intent i think that is what they intended or attempted to do with some point with Superman versus Batman, but they missed the mark, you know, I, and I think, and I, I actually applaud the attempt, but I think they used the wrong character, Superman, to make, you know, trying to make it more dark. I think that they, they did it the wrong way, but I applaud that. And I think you're right. You know, there's enough of the, here I come to save the day heroes. You, People need heroes that you can relate to to some degree. Yes, certainly. Certainly. I totally agree with that. All right. So let us do this. We've kind of dissected uh, the history of Luke Cage as well as some of the actual themes and thoughts about the first episode. Let's get into the actual first episode. How about that? (laughs) Certainly, Certainly. All right. So what did you see at the very beginning? Uh, What was the, you know, what, what was your take going away from Jessica Jones coming into seeing this new in a solo series tell me what happened what was going on and then I'll make comments I mean again I really didn't know what to expect you know and Jessica Jones again got a brief history of who he is and and he's coming into his own show and we see that he's uh Apparently in a bit of bad luck, he's he's sweeping up floors at a barbershop uh, for this guy named Pops. 
uh, who we later learn is, is, is kind of in this episode, we later learn is kind of his mentor or becomes his mentor. Uh, and yeah, so so <laughs> and, and we find out that Pops knows about his powers and he actually calls him Power Man, which is weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Right. Uh, and I and, and I find that, you know, I thought that was like, oh, cool. You even you gave a little, you know, in joke to the whole Power Man story without actually saying, oh, well, your code name's going to be Power Man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they both kind of use this quote. And I want to actually was it kind of prominent in the series. Uh, of, of Luke Cage's history, uh, they use this quote: uh, "Forward, never backwards; always forward, never uh, forward, always." You know, they kind of no, use those kind of words. Yeah, and and I didn't, if they did, I never got. You know, I, that didn't like. Oh, cool, ring a bell. You know, that didn't do that. So if yes, there if that was included at some point, it wasn't familiar to me. Yes, and we also find out that that. Cage has done some time. Uh, Pops mentions that, uh, by the way, he's pacing around the room or whatever. Uh, I don't think we got that from Jessica Jones. So uh, we're getting little hints about who he is and a little more information. He has his relationship with this guy. And uh, again, he's down on his look. He's working, sweeping the floors at this place. And he also has another job at a club across town. Well, same same uh, community, Harlem, but across town called... Um, what is it? Holmes Paradise is the name right. of the Now, here was what I uh, noticed at the point that you're, uh, you know, we're talking about with the pacing and all, all of that. He, remember from the comic book uh, origin that I gave earlier, that was how he got out of jail was to go through this experiment. The uh, Luke Cage of the TV show talks about being beaten and then experimented on. And now he is a fugitive. So it seemed, and everyone's paying him in cash. So, yes, yes. you know, that, that seems to be a little bit different in the overall of what's going on. You've, you've listed him as a fugitive, which I don't really, I didn't like that part. I didn't like the fact that, okay, you're supposed to be a hero, but yet whether you did it or not, you know, you, they're, they're saying that you're still a fugitive. Which another thing is weird about that is if I remember in correctly, Jessica Jones, he owned the bar. Correct. Am I not correct about that? I believe you are. And if someone left him the bar and he owned the bar. So how is it that he owned the bar, but now he can only be paid in cash? Yeah, that, that make, is that, weird. That, that didn't make that, sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I think we're surfacing a few inconsistencies right there. And I will just... I don't think that is even explained. Like I'm up to episode nine, so <laughs> I still don't get where they actually explain how he's. Yeah, that that's weird. That's I weird. think they were doing it, and and as we get to the end of the episode, I think they did that for an intent storyline reason in that particular first episode. But I think the intent, if that is the only reason they did that with with he only gets paid in cash, then. I think your storyline moment is not worth the inconsistencies between appearance. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that was a miss right there. Um, again, like you said, just for the uh, sake of the story, they kind of added that in. All right, so you're, you know, you said that he's in there and he's talking to pops. They're in the this barber shop, and there's this guy that's in there, and he's really cocky, and he basically starts 
mouthing off. So what what was your thought on that scene? Um, at that moment, I didn't. We you know later in the episode we kind of know who that what that, those guys do, but at that moment I wasn't really. I don't think it was that impactful other than letting us know that this dude is kind of off the hinges uh him and his friends and that later comes back in the story to show at just how <laughs> crazy these dudes are um uh we eventually see they kind of get them in the middle of a gun um gun, a gun purchase yeah. uh or gun, gun purchase, purchase right yeah yeah and they kind of uh, are sort of the inside job of taking the money uh, and running basically, so um, yeah, that just kind of gives us a, a foreshadowing of these. This guy has a hot head, and he's going to be trouble later on. Right, and um, so let's let's talk real quick about his second job, which is at a. Well, he was a bar. He had to fill in for this guy who called in sick. That we well, no, 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 no. This was another guy that they were working with that called in sick, and uh, Luke had to be the bartender so he meets this woman at the um bar and you know carries on a conversation with her and later goes home with her so tell me what what from the first episode did you think (laughs) of misty so mercedes misty night uh we find out well at okay i can just say first episode she's an she she tells him that she is an auditor Yes, but in that same episode, we see that she's uh, she's at the crime scene. That's I think ah, that's in the same yes, episode. Yes, I yeah. think you're right. So yeah, like you said, after they hook up for the night, uh, she leaves, and before she leaves, she tells him that uh, she is an auditor. Which you know, a few scenes later, we turns out to be a total lie. Uh, she is actually a detective of some sorts, and uh, yeah, uh, I, she seems like a cool character so far. Um, uh, Certainly seems like she may have an important role in the show, but that's yet to be seen. Right. And uh, I'm just going to ask and you can, you know, answer this either as confirmation if it's a no or be, you know, evasive if it's a yes. But does her importance in the story grow? I I'll just say she's the main detective. of Okay. And let me ask you this. Does are there any scenes to where uh, <laughs> she is injured? No, uh, there is no scenes where she is injured that I've seen. But I will say, without giving a real spoiler, I'll just say there are scenes where people say she's doing that thing again, and take that however you want. Ah, okay, so um, all right. I'll I'll leave it at that because I don't want to give away spoilers. So having said that, um, let's talk about his other job, which, you know, I got sidetracked with Missy, but she was at his other job. So maybe not a complete sidetrack. We see someone called Cornell Stokes and who doesn't want to be called Cottonmouth. We know that. Oh yeah, uh, that you don't want to do that. He might, uh, he might get killed for it. <laughs> but, Who is uh, that actor? He looked very familiar. Where have I he, seen him before? You know him from as Remy Denton from House of Cards. Ah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole thing where you know he's the bad guy, and of course he's 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 sided by his cousin, 
Uh, at least at this point, we think he's the bad guy. He's cited by his cousin, uh, which is Councilwoman Dillard, a.k.a. Alfie Woodard. Who I did not recognize at Star Trek First Contact. You should know her from that. Uh, right. No, I've known her, her for like, I mean, not known her, but, you know, I've I've liked her f- for a long time and a lot of things that she's been in. And I kept looking at her and I was like, <laughs> who are you? I recognize you. and Because uh, when she was in that club, it was mostly... Um, um, you know, it was real dark and you really didn't see her well. And I'm like, who are you? And then I was like, oh, that's who you are. Yeah, I did the same thing. I had to go and look her up because I like, I, I know you. I, yeah. <laughs> so I did the whole Wikipedia thing. But yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was cool to see these these two characters uh, playing the bad guys. Um, yeah. So what did what did you think about? Their portrayals, uh, Cottonmouth as well as uh, Councilwoman D- Dillard. Do you think they can hold up as being bad guys versus a superhero? This this is a bit different from what we've seen with Daredevil and what we've seen with Jessica Jones, where the actual uh, uh, antagonist is an actual superpowered person. Uh, these are mm. normal people. Okay, but it's not that different from Daredevil's first season because technically he and Daredevil, I mean he and Wilson Fisk. Uh, uh, I mean, Donald Trump, I mean, Wilson Fisk uh, uh, <laughs> are, are, you know, so much alike. You know, yeah, really, because both that's of them, true. you know, um, you know, Kingpin um, Fisk, he was in a drug trade, too. He had uh, that. My goodness, that's what Madam Wow. That's what the people were making that she had working in the factory that she blinded all of them. Yeah, true, true. And that's it's kind of funny that you mentioned Fisk because uh, it seems like both the uh, the Woodard and the, uh, the the Cottonmouth and the Dillard character, both of kind of, uh, if you put those together, you kind of get Fisk, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. One a politician mostly and one the kind of the bad guy, you know, so that's that's pretty cool dynamic. Right. So, again, you know, it goes back into you can have, you know, characters that aren't necessarily all powerful and still be interesting. Yes, certainly. You know? Certainly. All right. So we've, you know, we've kind of talked about them. So let's talk about a little bit of what we saw, uh, you know, the underlying story that we saw going on, which was we're setting up this dynamic between, you know, here's, here's this person that's pretty much a bad guy. You've got this councilwoman who's needing money, uh, obviously, because the whole thing is about, you know, give me money, but I don't want my hands dirty, but give me money. So comment on that. What did you think of that? Um, well, I mean, even even if you're saying you don't want your hands dirty, I still think, you know, that alone kind of just shows that you're not a good person, you know, <laughs> And even the scene we see where she's like walking and talking to the kids and then like she turns the corner and immediately asks for hand sanitizer, you know, <laughs> she, she's not a good person. How any any way that you dice it, she's dealing with a, a very bad guy in Cottonmouth. And, you know, I just think that is going to eventually lead to something very, very bad because, you know, um, again, we see the 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 uh, bust of the gun trade and. The money is taken and Cottonmouth is in the heat, a lot of heat over that. Uh, we see this guy named Shade just making an appearance, which is kind of a weird looking dude. <laughs> right. I thought so, uh, too. So 
Yeah, I mean, I think just eventually it's going to be very, very bad for both of these guys. You know, I, I I'm agreeing with you. I'm you know I'm trying to sit here without having gone too far into the you know knowing because again you know in this case having seen more episodes even though you're not revealing it you know a lot more about what's to come than i do (laughs) so from having only seen two i'm sitting here going and trying to think of all the ways and things that could happen to these characters even though i'm not quite seeing you know exactly what's going to happen because i'm too new to this to the story. I do know that they have set both of them up as she being the crooked politician, he being this really bad guy that you don't want to cross, but without giving anything away, it does seem that he that he might have a little bit of a moral conscience or code that makes me wonder, you know, what what all going on with him and making me think, okay, I might want to know a little bit more about you. Yeah. And I, and let me just say that, uh, we're going to, without being too much of a spoiler, I don't think this is a spoiler, but it's just saying we're going to get a lot of information about the, the antagonist of this story, as well as cage himself. We're going to get a lot more information that's presented from the onset so take that as, as, as you want. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's going to be something in the past, probably. But you're going to for each of these characters, you're going to get a little background information, which is going to kind of flush them out just a bit more. Um, so that's that's going to be later on without giving too much of a spoiler. But you will see more about these characters. Cool. Well, you know, I think that is the purpose of you know, any good writing, you know, and again, I, this is one of those times that I wish Lee was here so I could turn over and say, now, Lee, from a writer's perspective, tell me what <laughs> you think. But, uh, you know, I think having listened to Lee over the time that I've known him, I think he would say something to the effect of it is important to not only just have a strong character, but in order to have that strong character, you have to give the audience some reason to either like or dislike this person. And in order to do that, you've got to give information. You know, you've got to flesh that person out because you can't expect you, I, or anyone else listening or viewing or what or reading a reason to dis or like or dislike something if you don't give them information. Certainly. So, again, uh, just the title of this episode is called Moment of, Moment, Moment of Truth. And, Kyle, I want to ask you, what do you think was the moment of truth, quote unquote, of this episode? The moment of truth, I think, is I'm going to tie back into him taking the money because I think it was very interesting how they tied in the heroes for hire. There is a character at the beginning who is asking him for money, and it's the person evidently he's renting from who is this uh, lady who's in a shop that has a, what, what was it? It looks like a, a restaurant. Was that what it was? Um, the, yes, it was a restaurant. Okay, so she's got a restaurant that he evidently lives over, and she's asking him for money. He gives her $300. She said that's not enough. Then at the end, he basically saves her and her husband from these thugs who are, uh, I'm assuming protection money, 
that and they work for Cottonmouth, I'm assuming. Yes. yes All right. Yes. Good. I thought that I thought I was right there, but so they're they're working for Cottonmouth. Well, this this is the thing that goes on in a lot of these gangster movies where you have these group of people that go shake up the neighborhood. We're going to shake you down for this money for protection. You know, give me this much a month or whatever. You right. know, so that was what we were seeing going on. So so here we've got them, and she reaches into the cash register and basically gives him back the. Uh, Three hundred dollars, and he says, "You know, I, I owe you that money." She said, <laughs> yeah, that cool. "I want to hire you," and I was like, "Okay." Even though that was an inconsistency, I still liked the way you played up that he's a hero, and she tried to hire him, and that was one of the titles of, of a book that he was in, "Heroes for Hire." And yes, so, um, you know, I thought that was a cool moment of truth, meaning a good nod to the history of the character. Yeah, and certainly, and again, uh, that conversation he had with Pops, Pops was trying to convince him that he could be doing something more for the neighborhood. And and in this moment, he kind of, even though we've seen him do the heroic things in Jessica Jones, uh, this neighborhood has not really seen him be who we know he can be. And you know what? I'm going to leave this uh, episode with a cliffhanger because I've got the perfect uh, question that we can ask and pick up with on our next review of Luke Cage, which is just because, and this goes for any person with powers in a comic book reality or superhero reality, not necessarily comic book, just because you either purposely or accidentally have powers, does that automatically demand that you be a hero? And and, I, and 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 no need to answer. Maybe this is something that our uh, readers could actually, or our listeners, not readers, our listeners could actually, you know, chime in, send us some feedback, send us an email or something to let us know what you think. Because I think it's a valid question. Yeah, I mean, and it goes back to even if we think about Spider-Man, great power, great responsibility, Smallville, and we saw it come on in the early 2000s, you know, um, his father telling him about how he could be and things like that. So it's kind of a fundamental question to superpowers in general. Um, and you always are going to have this dilemma of as a person who are, is lucky enough to have these powers, are you doing all that you can do? And is it even your responsibility to be doing all you can do? Exactly. So what we will do is um, today is October the 1st. We're in the year 2016. So if you are listening past 2016, I'm hoping that you can still find it on our website on the 2nd of October. Uh, but So go back. We're going to actually pose this question as a poll on our website. So um, and again, Feel free to get in touch with us. Um, I'll let Clarence in just a moment, you know, share some ways that you can get in touch with us with, uh, you know, on discussing who. But let's talk real quick on how we're going to proceed further with Luke Cage. Since there are 13 episodes, what we decided to do with our first review is go over the history of Luke Cage and then we will break the other episodes into many reviews going over multiple episodes. So while we just focused on episode one, the next review we will do will be either two or three uh, episodes in, you know, included in one 
particular episode. So, Clarence, uh, tell our listeners some ways that they could get in touch with us. Certainly, uh, guys. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's at Discussing Who. Also, visit us on, on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Discussing Who. Uh, you can email us, leave feedback at discussingwho at gmail.com, or feel free to drop us a voicemail at 805-850-DWHO, 805-850-DWHO. And I just had a thought. I just remembered something. It occurred to me where Lee is tonight. Okay, where is Lee? I am sure he is glued in front of his television because I think BBC America is running a marathon of Sherlock. Oh, okay. (laughs) uh, We all know that Lee is a fan of Sherlock, so that is probably where Lee is tonight, somewhere in uh, Sherlock Holmes land. So, um, you know, we we hope to have him back soon. And like I said, he's probably, um, you know, glued in front of his television doing all things Sherlockian. Certainly, certainly. All right. Well, Clarence, do you have anything that you're working on? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, just, you know, I tell people to visit our site as, as much as often as they can and, and look for new episodes. Uh, hopefully we'll have something Doctor Who related coming out pretty soon as well. Yep. We hope to have something Doctor Who related again and uh, something more comic book related. We will be back. Uh, no, with a definite episode on the next issue of Civil War. But we also want to do something on uh, DC Comics because we've not done DC in a while. And speaking of DC, I want to give a mention out to a local podcast that's actually here in Mississippi where we are. And um, it is called Flash TV Talk. It is actually very well received and very popular. It is focusing on the Flash and it can... uh, be found just do a google search for flash tv talk and i will also put some information on our website about that and if you want to uh hear some good energetic conversations about the flash trust me tune into them they are uh, very energetic you can tell that they've got a passion for the flash and so please you know check them out Uh, it'll be well worth your time all right, Certainly. well, Clarence, do you have anything else before we, you know, head back to uh, Harlem and Luke Cage? No, I was just actually real quick. Is there anything you've been working on that you want to talk about real quick before we, um, we get on? You know what? Actually, uh, other than uh, doing some things on our website, like you said, we did have an episode of Podshock that we have recorded, but it's not out yet. So other than that, I think, um, you know, we're pretty much wrapping ourselves up and discussing who. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, for everyone listening, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, We, you know, subscribe through iTunes, send us some feedback on iTunes and get to Netflix. Start watching anything you want to watch for that matter and send us feedback because we do enjoy hearing from, you know, people that are listening because it gives us ideas. But more importantly, it lets us know people are actually listening. So that's (laughs) a good thing. Certainly. All right. Well, as we tend to have always said, and let's not, you know, stop that now, we will say that we are out of here.